the sincerity with which you just discussed the composition of a raiding party. It's like, oh, you need you need some in every. <laughs> I mean, you need that in any in a good social setting too, right? You don't want everyone to have the same you job. Well, you, you want a well-rounded raiding party. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Hey, this is his engineering podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Brian. Welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Uh, special thank you. Special thank yous. The special thanks. Special thanks. I've tried to jump right to the special thanks, and you can't <laughs> do the special thanks without the special first thanks. thanks. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck a month uh, through Anchor to help keep this thing going. Uh, if you want to help out there, there's a link in the description. Um, I'm going to stop reading that URL all the time. Nobody, Nobody's going to type it in. Nobody cares. Go to the link in the description. Link it up. So what's up, man? We're back. It's just us again. No guests. You know, just chilling. No guests. Hanging out. Feeling feeling good on a Saturday morning. Talking about workshops. Did a uh, yoga and dinner date last night. Amazing. We watched My Terminator face. Dark Fate. <gasps> oh, how was it? Yeah, you know, it was an action-packed <laughs> thrill ride. <laughs> did you watch uh, Halt and Catch Fire? My expectations were not high. I did. I did. It was a good she show. She seems awesome for that role. As soon yeah. as I saw her as, as like that Terminator, like the good, bad Terminator, uh, I was like, whoa, perfect. No, totally. Uh, uh, narratively, it's very, you know, there's not a lot of tropes to play with in that universe. <laughs> so it's a little rebooty. Yeah. You know. Oh, this person's the same as this person was. Got it, everybody? Okay, cool. Let's have an adventure. Um, but uh that's not what we're here to talk about today. What are we here to talk about, sir? Oh, oh, I I'll tell you. I'll tell you, but not with my mouth. Could you hear that? Could you, could you hear that? Uh, is that a recognizable sound? I think everyone knows what that is. That was for sure Maybe dice. Not. <laughs> and mine was my 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 uh like medieval accurate <laughs> dice pouch that I've Your had leather, since I don't know sack of dice. high school. No, we got those at Comic Con. We got those right? at Comic Con. Mine too. Yours is much cooler than mine. Mine just just has a different color on it. It's exactly the same construction, I believe. You I went all mine... brown, which is probably more pragmatic than my purple and red. You know, out in the wild. Yours is more of a jester bag. Mine is exactly. more of an adventurer's bag. There you so go. If it fits, it fits. You know, you need different types in, in every party. So yeah, today we're uh we're talking about dice. I have to put them away or else I'll fidget and ruin the audio. <laughs> the sincerity with which you just discussed the composition of a raiding party. It's like, <laughs> oh, you need you need some in every <laughs> you need I mean you, you want... need that in any in a good social setting too, right? You don't want everyone to have the same you a, job. You, you want a well-rounded rating party. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality of how quickly this descends into uh, uh, like D&D jokery, basically, is like uh, the notion of dice and, and what dice are and what they're used for and what they have represented in like culture for thousands of years yeah is pretty undeniable 
It's pretty awesome. So stop making fun of my twenty-sided die. What? Uh, so give yeah, me the. Yeah, do not make fun of the twenty-sided die. There's way more history there than one might think. So give me the lowdown in terms of, uh, <laughs> uh, like where you know what, who, where did they come from? You read Wikipedia. I didn't. <laughs> they they came from the eternal gods, as far as we can tell. We have no idea. Dice have been around as long as there's been recorded history. We've been rolling things and tossing things and throwing bones. Maybe not throwing bones, right? The the uh, the literally the, like knuckle bones from animals. They used to do all kinds of bones. like weird soothsaying with and stuff, right? Yeah, they're like some natural bones in uh in like animal animal. They say knuckles, but I think that's more. You think of it more as like the ankle on on uh on like a hooved animal because their their knuckles are kind of in a different spot than you think of our joints being but there's like a natural bone that rolls a four-sided die um and then with a little bit of uh carving or chipping turns into naturally like a six-sided die so i mean we we really don't know where dice have come from we've found them all over the world they've been a part of every culture for all of recorded time all the way back through egypt into mesopotamia and prior to that just found things that were marked and things that were thrown and games that were played with these little rolling, rolling, tossing things, these little games of chance, games of mystery. Here's a question. I have an answer in mind, but I wonder if you can get it. What do you think the most, (laughs) is this Jeopardy? What do you think the number of, no, by number of sides, what is the most popular die in the world? It's six, I think. Two. I mean, two. No one thinks of it, but flip a coin. It's a two-sided die. Yeah. you don't think of it right <laughs> but like so so even like throwing bones like knuckle bones it sounds really brutal well just rolling around these bones just people down there in the dirt rolling around these you know but you were like um, eating dead animals all the time very specifically when you say that i think of robin hood prince of thieves and that like nasty oh, witch yeah. in the in the like totally oh yeah bleeding animals on top of a pile of bones and dice and and like you know <laughs> well that's the uh, that's that's one of the hypotheses for the origin right is is like divination uh future telling like making decisions it's an interesting there's a there's a really interesting narrative here with dice right where they they represent in the modern context like a source of randomness to determine like randomness in games um, but randomness as a, as like a, a clear cut mathematical concept is not something that was like in the public consciousness, uh, for forever, right? That's a pretty modern concept. And even amongst general people, if you wanted to discuss the concept of true randomness and dice and the mathematical implications, probably not exactly how they're thinking about dice, but, um, there's, the one of the hypotheses that seems reasonable based on the the usage trends of these types of little devices like dice and knuckle bones and um is in sort of like a clerical uh like mystic wizardy sense that you're picturing right that that is where this was used uh, a lot in in olden days and it it takes you on this really interesting uh there there's a quote from like a book about the history of dice um from some of the stuff I was reading that was kind of giving these two examples um about uh it was it was it told the story of these hunters like imagine early old hunters and old old times um pre-biblical thousands of years ago uh and they've got some dice or some knuckle bones or two-sided sticks that they put markings on whatever and they're going out to go hunting and uh 
uh they don't have a weather application they don't have like gps to look up where the elk are right they're just like we're going hunting today we got to go find some food and so they don't know where to go for the day and so do they go north or do they go south or do they go east or do they go west right so they've got a little four-sided device that they've created that maybe maybe they actually think it's magical but maybe they just as as modern humans just living 5000 years ago maybe they're just like we don't really know where to go so for fun we created this little device and we we roll it so there's there's this like prediction mechanism that we invented and so they roll that at the beginning of the hunt to go find food and then they go out they go hunting and they use this like magical uh godlike divination device to figure out where to go they get the animals um, maybe they say a prayer to the dice gods at the end, right? If that's the belief. And then after they get the food, they cut it all up. And then they use the dice for a really practical purpose to figure out who gets the best cuts of the meat. And they just roll. And, and that in that situation, it's very much a, like a deterministic. We just need to make a decision. It's not like a tell the future. It's like a very practical way to fairly divide up spoils uh, from the raiding party. And so there's this really interesting dance in that story. And it's kind of how dice, everything I was reading about that was like uh, kind of like intellectual discussion of dice throughout history that tells the story of this like magical, mystical component. Um, Like, is it telling the future? Is our thing set? Are my die rolls like actually introducing randomness into my life? And then there's also this like a very practical mathematical component. So dice represent this really neat philosophical dance uh, that goes on, uh, in life, right? It's dice are addressing some of the most fundamental philosophical components of, of being alive. They're also the, the, the dice and the notion of randomness or predictable randomness. Um, you know, uh, what they call, uh, what, what is it? Probabilistic, uh, uh, randomness lets you build blockchain <laughs> right so like so so i mean ultimately it gets us to this core thing of like uh, technology and what it's been good for have been a symbiotic thing forever right like yeah. so the thing about finding the place to hunt is sometimes you're right and then they're like oh shit that guy's <laughs> throwing the dice every time because he's right and if you're right three times you're right four times like by now it's been a few months because a bunch of hunts have passed and you kept being right. right. And now they're like, listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. You can have and that same experience with at a craps table in the space right. of 10 minutes. But- and theoretically <laughs> in a population where there are a billion people on earth, someone could roll the right direction every time they go hunting for their entire life. And then you have the question of, this person had an 80% accuracy rate for where the animals were every time 80% of the time we went hunting. Are they actually magical? Could, did that person actually tell the future, right? You're left with that question at that point. You can no longer distinguish between, wait, dice are supposed to be random and that person can't tell the future from that person actually has magical die rolling abilities. And because of this, dice have existed at the core of both gameplay and fantasy like for centuries Forever. for millennia 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 and they made fun of us They're... for playing dungeons and dragons like well so... that's the other interesting <laughs> yeah the that's the other interesting part of it right when we were kids uh game we were constantly getting games they were like 
politicized debates at our schools constantly around the games we were playing. Looking back on that and thinking about it now is so fucking stupid and immature of our administration to constantly have to like review gameplay. Right. Are you guys like doing the devil's work playing a freaking game at lunch? Give me a fucking break. But now that we're better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, I think it always landed in our favor, except for the couple games that were like physically damaging things like pogs were damaging. books. That was fair. Throwing this heavy metal thing. Bashing holes and things at the library. <laughs> there's, but, uh, there's, a, there's a there's a that's a police state question sometimes you just gotta there's yeah sometimes you gotta shut down the, the thing it's hurting something <laughs> right but uh the there's an interesting uh there's another interesting aspect to dice that comes along with it throughout most of history in that it, they're constantly controversial the games around them the rules around them their laws as as early as uh roman empire uh at least there were lots of laws on the books about which games could be played when could they be played there were often dice games were only allowed during certain seasons when there were games going on in society and so they've also always kind of maintained this space of of like illegality and and darkness and suppression which i think is because they tap into this weird fundamental stuff going on in the universe and especially long ago right before we had complex understanding of statistics and mathematics and probability that shit's weird right like you knew a five thousand years ago you knew that two dice uh with a modern configuration would roll a seven more than they would roll other things but you didn't necessarily have the logical framework to explain why right and so there was probably some magic to that right you the person doing divination knew that that certain combo those combos would show up more and that's a really weird thing for someone who's never studied probability with dice. You've probably never thought about that. Uh, so there's mysticism around them, and that breeds fear a little bit, right? Well, it's 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 there is mysticism culturally that goes further and further back, right? We sort of dissected that over time as a society with things like science and math. But there's still the reality of like never if you're not thinking about all those things my wizard sleeve on my robe keeps disrupting my dice that i have stacked in piles <laughs> to try to organize them as you've been talking they're reaching out to you they want to be rolled. wizard problems man um <laughs> so so they 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 both have that mystical capacity at the same time like uh uh, uh the casino Craps is a very carefully calibrated game to be a lot of fun to play. You win occasionally, but you lose most of the time for everyone on that table. There is a mathematically sound way to play it, but you have to be willing to play for hours and you only do two things. And still sometimes all your money runs out because you catch a bad run, right? Like, and that's all based on the randomness introduced by these, uh, you know, these bones that you're rolling down a, a runway of felt. Like, um, it's very creative. It's a very uh, complex creativity, especially, especially, craps especially, right? Because the whole game is based around the outcome of the dice. And then there's like a whole board of all the complexity. And like you said, there's the, the f- most basic thing you can do has almost even odds with the casino. So if you have the self-control to just do that, you can like really go on big winning streaks. But as soon as you start to do the other stuff, like your probability of winning collapses, <laughs> <laughs> right? What you can win goes up. Right. Uh, but, um, but the reality is also 
people exhibit addiction behavior around gambling, like we can talk about it this way now, but you got to think about it through the centuries when people are just like, he gambles away all his money. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's been a problem forever and people take advantage of that. So you have the mysticism and then you also have the fact that the other place that these bones show up is generally used to hurt probably most of the people you know, statistically speaking, (laughs) right? Especially if they can't stop going back because every once in a while you get that dopamine hit from winning and it feels good. Um, And so I also get why people could say dice are the devil. Dice came into my town, ruined all the men. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it always the men? And then our economy collapsed. I I totally buy it. Historically, like... You know, it was the men. It was the men playing craps came in the into street. our society, ruined everything, and so we don't want it anymore. Like, but yeah. how do you push back against that without the sort of commensurate mysticism as well? If you don't understand statistics and randomness and and all the right. things that we've picked apart over thousands of it's years, it's not the dice; it's the gambling addiction. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about the Kickstarter thing. That, that yeah. That, they those kicked are, off this cool. whole conversation because the reality is dice have continued to improve. They've, they've <laughs> not slowed down from the flip a coin to right. everything crazy. I have now laid out in front of me because I dumped out my whole dice bag. Like at some point we should break down what a standard set is for playing dungeons and dragons and explain why we most certainly should. And we will but first give me the pitch for the Kickstarter thing. Uh, they're essentially just a, uh, it's a little set of, of dice, like six sided common, common six sided dice that people picture, um, with one through six on them and they're digitized. They, they have Bluetooth on them. So when you roll them, it actually records the roll and sends it to your smartphone or your tablet or your computer or whatever. So you can play games, uh, remotely with people, but still have the fun of physically rolling the dice and knowing that the other person is, uh, not screwing around, which I actually do think would add it would add what's needed to do like remote role playing. I really think there's I really think there's something there that feature is really missing um, when you're not in the room with somebody. Um, but it also enables a whole bunch of other uh, games to be played with the fun of the die rolling, which is so fun. Uh, but have them digitized like Yahtzee and and a handful of other games. And so they uh, they're just they're like digital dice. But but real physical dice. Right. And so there's that's that's what you pointed out pretty quickly is the engineering challenge of doing that is, is actually considerably like greater than you might imagine. Right. You might think, well, everything's smart these days. And so, yeah, you need like an accelerometer, you need a a battery to power everything. You need a transmitter so that they can send their position back to your device to be recorded. And you got to fit all that in a space a space and a configuration that doesn't cause the role of the die to be unfair. Mm-hmm. So the die still Which has I to question. stay what would what, <laughs> what you, you what you would call true, I guess, right? Like yeah. the die has to, you know, and I mean I mean there's a term of art for it, you know, within the Nevada Gaming Commission, right? Like they test dice because oh, yeah. people care that much. When you and they're swapping them constantly because right. little micro adjustments to the dice will change the probability. Uh, here's one People worth calling them. out in my dice set right now. That if you were watching the video, oh. you could see this is a decommissioned. Oh, have some Vegas dice. Decommissioned Tahoe dice. I think. I don't know if I have. Any I don't of those. know. I just bought them at 
uh, the <laughs> dice booth at Comic Con one year. All this dice, re- we can share our our dice oh, yeah. as like the we conclusion a, of this we episode. We have a whole we'll history of dice. We'll hit. I've got lots of weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a good little. Um, so, so there's the engineering challenge, which I feel like is almost boring to talk about, right? I mean, it is it is an accomplishment. So go buy these dice. We'll put the link in the in the Kickstarter. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's it's uh, um, it's not that complicated. You could you could build this with little hacker uh parts these days probably getting them that small is challenging their power solution is really interesting um what they did uh but the parts are are pretty common they're, they're i mean all this stuff you write what makes your smartphone yeah smart right makes, this is all makes, just smartphone tech right so yeah. it's big and easy so not not easy but, i think the you know. i think the one well there there are two pieces that i think are really interesting um they've got i mean bluetooth nothing to really talk about with bluetooth unless we dive down like how how wireless communication works nice. but uh They've got the accelerometer, like you mentioned, which we've talked we've talked about before in a couple episodes. We did some uh, drone episodes where we dove into that, but that measures gravity, which is really interesting. Um, and so it, with a couple of them in there, you can tell the orientation of the die, um, which is especially interesting in this case because uh, you think of a six-sided die as only being able to predict six things, but they actually, the accelerometer allows them to tell any orientation that the die is in. So they actually have shells that pop on outside the six-sider and turn them into other-sided dice. Um, and then there's an interesting thing they do there, too. Uh, but So the accelerometer set, which I'm guessing just lists six, six-axis accelerometer, tells them the orientation, so it tells you what, uh, what you rolled. Uh, that gets communicated with Bluetooth, and then their power solution is, is pretty neat. They use a, uh, a capacitor instead of a battery. So it charges really, really fast and then slowly leaches out power for a little while. So it says it says it charges in 10 seconds. So you just touch it to the power, fills up the capacitor real quick, and then it powers the die for like an hour to play. Yeah, there, there's... It's pretty neat. We should do a whole episode on the distinction between capacitors and batteries um, because I think they're starting to figure out microcapacitors which micro which will make it so you can just you can <laughs> slam a bunch of capacitors into a block the size of a battery and have it behave like a capacitor instead of like a like a lithium ion you know anode cathode yeah uh, i mean battery technology is arguably one of the most important technologies on earth right now storing power um so, yeah but uh and it goes it goes outside electronics so too, those right? are There's cool a lot of batteries is definitely check good them out on stuff for battery. sure um Yes. Wait. What are they? What are they called? I've got it here. It's called Go Dice. Go Dice. I don't know. It's on Kickstarter. Yeah. Look them up. They're Look pretty neat. Up. It's like we'll, seventy. We'll bucks put a link for in the show notes. Starter set. Um, but so so now let's talk about just sort of like uh why why is it a novel idea? Because like I, I imagine what you're imagining is you have a remote like D and D game or whatever remote game or whatever dice game you know yeah. uh each person has a set and so they're prompted to roll when they're supposed to roll, which is already a phenomenon mm. that tends to happen in Dungeons and Dragons. Cause people just like to roll their own dice. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like having, yeah, they're, right. They're beautiful. Right, they're beautiful. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later. Cause I have a whole rack of dice in front of me right now. So many dice. Um, <clears throat> so, so you're saying what that will replicate is the feeling when you're all sitting around a table of like these things bouncing around on the table and you have no idea. I mean, you do because statistically you understand the probability of any number occurring, but 
everyone's going, ah, oh, and then the roll's over, right? <laughs> Which is a really like, it's a part of role-playing games that can't be denied, right? I mean, like the introduction of randomness so is what makes games compelling. It's kind of, they're kind of, it's kind of the highlight. It's almost like everything else exists to uh, make the die rolling as fun as possible. Is he catch the like, football? Is that, those are the moments uh, of tension. No. Right. Did he, did he catch the football? Did his, did his arrow shot make it through the slit and, and kill the dragon? Like crazy stuff, right? So it is, it's the, it's the pinnacle. It's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, at the end of the movie, it's like the climax, climax yeah. of the game. Right. And you're rolling your dice then to like determine did it did it happen did it not happen did I get poisoned did I survive did I save it did I dodge and so it so what you're saying is actually having the physical randomness of gravity control this process is considerably more satisfying than having a thing on a screen go boop 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 <laughs> and then give you a bunch of random numbers because you can certainly just use math to do and the program to introduce exactly the same randomness super easy to write a random a random die application you can do it in a, in a handful of lines of code in almost any programming language very very simple uh concept mathematically um how it's done underneath the hood for the computer is actually wildly complicated right. and generating randomness is, the, is kind of an yeah, impossibility right. so the, the, the in our universe but the conversation of is true programmatic randomness actually <laughs> real is that's a great that's a great topic as <laughs> it's well. a completely different topic but so, so, but yeah, you want to, there's a, there's an aspect of rolling dice that uh, goes back to that story from the beginning where you truthfully feel that you control a little bit of the fate. You're doing it. When I just touch the screen on my iPhone to make it spin the numbers and roll the dice, I don't feel like I did it. I don't feel like I can affect that. You don't have the fun of like, Hey man, blow on my dice. I need some good luck. But when you're physically holding them, you feel like you're firing that arrow at the dragon, right? Or that you have some control over that roll to land on, go and collect double, double $200 or whatever, right? There's, there's something about that where you physically, the logic of the situation is over, overcome by your physical sensation as a creature. You believe something that isn't, that doesn't, you don't, that you know kind of isn't true, but it, it, make, it happens. Well, feels true what, so maybe it is so true. so then when you think about something like a video game like the reality is a computer is doing this type of math all the time when orcs are shooting at you in mm -hmm. in you know your lord of the rings game or whatever like the bullet has a probability of hitting you and the computer is is running physics simulations on that and stuff like that but it still is like okay here's you know it it's doing it so many times a second that you don't process it as dice anymore. And so right. the more you reduce that randomness, the more it feels like a story and not like a game. And all the way at the bottom of that is, is, is what we're talking about when we say Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is it's mostly story. And every once in a while, there's calibrated randomness with the dice. So everyone there has to go, oh, the orc just killed you. Now you're dead and you're still sitting here for the rest of the day next to me. Like what now what are we gonna do? It's a really <laughs> it's a really interesting way to explain it. That's totally um, that's totally interesting. And that, that balance And it is, gets us back to well, our episode about about role play games. Uh and, and shared storytelling. There's a, um 
That was one of my favorite episodes. I'm glad we're doing Dice again. I've been very excited to talk about this one. There's an interesting component to what you were just saying uh, with the video games and and like an orc firing at you in a game. The And I, I have a very visceral experience with this back when uh, we were in high school, maybe middle school, and we were playing uh, Quake, um, which was the right early, early like first person shooter game um like at the at the beginning of that genre of games um the beginning of graphics cards i think graphics cards like came on the scene to power quake um there were there was uh open source software beginning of that scene too but there were you could download um software that ran bots in the game so that it felt like you were playing other people online uh which again was new the internet was new and linking up with other people people's computers was not like it is now and I remember the first time I downloaded that and I had this skepticism. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. There's no way you can program into a game uh, artificial creatures that will feel like I'm playing against my friends on a network. And I downloaded it and it blew my mind. It was exactly like I was playing other people. I, you couldn't tell the difference um, until you went in and started messing with the settings, which you could, it was software at the time you had to like install it and configure it. So you actually got to control all of the logic that the computer was putting into play to make those bots seem like humans. And so some of the things you could adjust were how good are they? How accurate are they? How fast are they? And so if you turned all that stuff up, they, it was hilarious. And that was one of the first things I did. I remember this very vividly. I turned everything up to the top and I was like, how good can they get? And it was instant. You would enter the game and instantly die, instantly die. They would never miss. They would never get shot. You couldn't beat them. Uh, and so it, it, you don't think about it when you're playing a game like a video game, but you, the computer is purposefully making them miss you, right? You're purposefully adding that randomness in the software. It's saying this orc, we don't want well, the computer could just kill you because it made this reality. So it can have the orc always hit you with its arrow. So instead we're going to introduce randomness so that the orc doesn't seem invincible. And so that the game is fun and it seems like a living creature that's not perfect in reality. And so it only adds that randomness uh, to make it seem more real, which is a very interesting concept, right? That we create these alternate realities and then have to sprinkle randomness back in to make them feel like reality to us. Bananas. Bananas. We playing games. I mean, that's, you know, it's like I was saying, from the beginning, they were being used for games and then for decision-making and deciding where to hunt that's a game deciding how totally. to cut up your the meat when you get back is a utility yeah of 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 decision making okay mm -hmm. so let's talk about uh our own dice history um <laughs> dice, dice dice certainly we've done whole episodes on uh uh our history as 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 role playing nerds in high school um why do you have why do why do we have so much so many dice? Oh man. Well, partly cuz I buy them all the time cuz I'm an idiot. <laughs> I love them. Uh they're all they're all different like colors and varieties and um partly cuz you need a bunch of different types of dice to play play certain games like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh and then also partly cuz there's some games that have like completely custom dice. They have things on them that are different. They'll have like arrows um, like we think of dice having numbers, but a particularly interesting die that I have in my collection that I used to use for a tabletop, uh, war game, 
um, where Warhammer. you have like, miniatures moving around the table. Warhammer. Um, it's a die that has arrows on it. And so it would introduce randomness in like physical direction on the board, things that would happen. So like, say you, uh, say you're firing from your tank to try to hit another miniature on the table, you'd like measure the distance and then you roll like a die for how far from your target you missed. Uh, and then you roll the direction to pick the direction. And so your like shots would like miss and move and it would physically roll randomness into but, where like, it moves. Sometimes on the table. take out some infantry next to the tank you were, totally. you were aiming for, right? <laughs> to all kinds of implications. Um, we also had a tradition for a while when we were going to Comic-Con regularly before it became too much of a madhouse and too expensive uh, of of buying a set of dice that year. So I have four or five of these totally. that were yeah. bought out of the like just giant dice bucket that exists like <laughs> at the dice table. There's like a, you know, it's like five bucks for a coffee mug full. And you can kind of like piece together your, you know, dice sets. We bought some high quality sets though. I have some six siders in here that are just, or some sets that are just absolutely gorgeous. This one's like blue and purple, like deep ocean blue and purple, like pearl essence. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Gorgeous. (laughs) So I think of that one. I have, I I picked my colors around kind of like the different types of things you'd want to roll for in D&D. So like this would be kind of like a potion-y magic roll. You'd pick this color. I have some that are like fiery, stony red that I would um, think you'd roll for like fire stuff, like it, dodging a dragon or casting a fire spell. My um. <laughs> my complexity of thought about color combinations was considerably less developed at that point in our life. <laughs> Mine are mostly just like, oh, that's a that's that's a school color. I have a lot of orange and blues, a lot of blue and blue and Strong. golds. Um, Strong. Oh, I would love a blue and gold set. Run through the dice that make up the like standard. Cause there's, you know, there's, there's, you need a certain set of dice to play Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of people play Dungeons and Dragons instead of assembling your own out of the bucket like we used to do. You can also just buy a tube that has a bunch yeah, of dice in it, kit. has all the dice in it you need, and they all match yeah. and whatever. Um, uh, what dice are in there? I mean, I can literally just parse them out of my table, but I feel like you might know. Yeah, I mean, well, there's 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 the standard six sider, right? A lot of those that gets used for most games, most everything. But then you got a bunch of other sides. You got a four sided die, uh, which is a really interesting one. Um, the four sided is the most interesting. I like to introduce people to my dice with a four sided because it confuses people. You're not sure what to do because you roll it and there's no side on the top. And so people are like, uh, how do I read how this? Do I, read this? Yeah. <laughs> I remember this as a kid. I was like, whoa, what's going on? I had to read the manual to figure out how to use the four-sided die, but they're not always the, read the same. Number that... I'm looking at two right here where you read it by looking at the bottom. Yeah. And then two configurations on the four. Sometimes siders. you read it by looking at what's up by the point, but it always falls in a triangle. So there's always three options for what could be up. Right. Yep. Um, what's so, after that? Is it straight to six or, uh, four to six and then to eight there's an eight sider and so any of these has a buttload of sixes because really frequently you'll have a roll that's like roll six six sided die or something like that so i have piles of six siders totally i have piles of all of them because um, yeah sometimes you got like two d8 that's the reference in right. dd <laughs> two dice of eight right. sides <laughs> roll that roll and that gives D8. you a certain probability um, of whatever you're needing to test yeah. in that that narrative moment did I kill the ogre? Did whatever? There's, 
and and it, it, there's a fun component too, right? Like you don't need an eight eight sided die. Like who cares, right? Roll roll something else. But uh, there's a real fun component to that when you're playing these games of like, wait, where are the eight siders? Like let me get let me get those now. Oh, two d eight as opposed to two d six. Like, um, <laughs> so so you have eight. You got eight. You jumped to ten six from is there. Boring. Six is just the one. In case it's not clear, six is what you're used to. Your standard die is the six sided one. Six sided like Vegas, you know, craps yeah. dice. Yeah, yeah, six sided. Then you've got uh, then then you've got the uh, twelve sider after Eight, that. Ten, twelve, and then your twenty. Twenty, twenty is famous. Twenty starts to get fun for me. Nah, twelve is fun because now you're into like a complex geometry. Eight's weird. Eight's like a little diamond shaped thing. Well, there's sideways there's funny. really there's really interesting mathematical patterns to dice because um, there are uh, like mathematically in three dimensional space where we exist, you can only create certain shapes. You're, you're limited in the shapes you can create with when you start to add sides. And so, for instance, if you look at like the four, the six, the eight, the 12 and the 20, they all have uh, the sides are all the same. There or there the the die is like uh, I don't I don't know I don't have the right words for this but it's like the same all the way around it's it's uniform it's not necessarily mirrored although I think these might happen to also be that but if you look at the ten sider um, because of how ten sides exist in our space and um, you can't make a ten sider that exists that way that's like kind of symmetrical in all directions and i might be wrong about tens the dice happen to be made differently but for instance after a certain point you you can't make the dice work the same way so like you you have to make the die weird and then there's some number of sides that you can't make a die that would roll fairly on because it would have to have an oddly shaped side um so it seems like oh i'm just going up in numbers and making dice of certain sizes but we actually have the dice of certain sizes uh, because of how mathematics works in three-dimensional space, um, which, again, I'm struggling to use the right words and describe these properly, but there's some really interesting stuff if you look up like the shapes of dice and how they go. Um, so, so this is a good segue into the next piece, which is to just ask you about your, your dice collection, because I oh, have an answer out of your <laughs> dice collection for my first, for my first question. Let me pour them out real quick so I can see them all. We got them all okay. out. Uh, <laughs> Good, I can see the dice roll in our audio signal. It makes what's me happy. your stupidest die? Or set of <laughs> My die. stupidest die? Um, I have a bunch of clear dice that are just like pure clear polyurethane or I don't know what, a polyethylene or something. And they were for like making custom dice and I never did anything with them. So there's just nothing on them. <laughs> <laughs> they look, they look great, but they're completely useless. Uh, and, and the material won't take like Sharpie. So it just, well, rubs they're off. not useless. Cause you could, you could use them for something, <laughs> uh, out of your collection. I would have said your hundred cider. Cause you can roll. Where is my hundred? You can cider? roll the same thing with two tens and it works just fine. Your hundred cider is basically a marble. Like you, my hundred sider is barely missing. roll that, and it and it stops. It's like it's just not the experience of using it is silly. WTF? You need a very flat yeah, right. surface. You need like a if your table slants at all, it will just roll but, off the yeah. table. 
Um, well, that's, that brings up an interesting use case, right? Because the 100-sided die is kind of fun because it's like it takes forever for it to stop rolling. And so it adds this like, it's like, uh, uh, what's the one where you spin the, the, the casino game roulette. where you spin the roulette? You know how that takes forever to finish and for the die to settle? Um, it adds that bit of bit of excitement to it. But I have uh, 10 siders where one of the 10 siders has 10s on it, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and double zeros. And then the other one is a standard one through 10. And so you roll those together to get a roll of a hundred, to roll a one to a hundred. So it's like two 10 siders approximates a, a two D10s approximates a D100. Which is just uh, math if you think about it. Totally. Uh, what? Wait, what's your weirdest? It's my weirdest? Your oh, weird yeah. Ones? Uh, I, have a, I, have, I have these guys, which are two six-siders, but they have rock, paper, scissors on them. Oh, that's so awesome. It's just a single dice per person, <laughs> and you could just play rock, paper, scissors without all the rock, paper, totally. scissors shoot. Brings up another interesting component mathematically here, right? That game happens to have three right. options. So, so it works on a yeah. six-sided die. You can have fairness. That wouldn't work on a four-sided right. dice. You'd have to, it would be imbalanced. And it takes out the potential properly. of anticipation and human, you know, the human aspect of being oh. good at that game is removed. Oh, that's right? interesting. Um, I mean, are you, is there a, is there goodness? Can you prove goodness? No at, idea. I'm Rock, sure paper, scissors. Tried. Have you ever seen a study on that? It's got to be out there. It's too dumb a study. I don't think you can. Done. Is rock, <laughs> paper, scissor <laughs> uh, random? It's, there's got to be. What's your like? What's the your surprising psychology? Of rock, paper, what's scissors. What's your favorite? I was no. saying sexiest, but I realized what I mean is, what's your favorite set of dice from a design perspective? From a design perspective, great Aesthetically, question. Aesthetically, just like those just Ooh. look good. I gotta say it's the it's these ones that have kind of this uh they it looks like you took a bunch of interesting colors of plastic and like mixed them so that they they have like swirliness going through them and they kind of have this like shiny pearlescence to them probably I mean it's it's the d20 I think the d20 is the most the d20 and the d12 are the most interesting dice to me they just they have this like the size of the faces and the complexity of the object they're just very not natural like a six-sided die, we like see see cubic things all the time, boxes and shit. But like a D twenty and a and a D twelve, they're so interesting to look at. They're like clearly this like sort of unnatural thing, but also kind of like rocky. Um, and then color wise, it might be this D twenty I'm holding right now that has like fire uh, pattern to it. It looks like it's on fire, kind of. That's, that's fine. Like a, like a real interesting way. So I've, I've always, I don't think I've ever used it for this cause I haven't played Dungeons you, and Dragons in a million you years. For sure. When but. you, when we have discussed this in the past, which we have, cause that's, that's, you know, <laughs> uh, you definitely trend toward the, toward the like pearlescent swirly, uh, uh, I'm a cast a spell dice. I would say totally. Um, I kind of have two, in terms of like uh uh ones that I like from a design perspective. Um one is the bu- is bone. It's just actually oh, meant to look bone? like bone. It's not real bone, but it's replica. You That's know, killer. It's supposed to so there's supposed to be you know be replicas of what it would have been like to carve a six sided die out of bone. Hmm. Which is probably what you had if you were playing in like the old west or something. They weren't, yeah, they, totally. weren't injection molding pl- they weren't injection molding plastic. <laughs> I don't think that was around uh, yet. 
And I have another set that really convincing. I think it's plastic, but it pretty convincingly feels like gray frosted glass, which is pretty. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's a neat. That's a neat finish. It's like clear plastic, those sandblasters or something. The next one I have. Oh, yeah. Keep going. What's the most what's your most (laughs) precious set and or. Oh, man. I mean, probably my original set that came with like the the intro D and D pack, which I'm looking at right now, and I'm missing my D hundred is missing, which is totally not from that set. But I'm missing the twelve sided, uh, and I seem to be missing the ten sider from my original kit, which is a bummer because I have the. I mean, you can see it in the background right now. I've got the original book frame <laughs> up on my my shelf behind me. It's had a so. great impact in your life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm missing a couple. I have, I have the four, the eight, the 10, the 12, no 20, no second 10 for my original set, but I have them glow in the dark <laughs> tight. Oh, I, I have some glow in the darks here. I think, um, that's for sure. I've got some really cool. I like these little, I've got some six siders that are just cool. They're kind of sexy. They're like, they're littler than you would expect dice to be. And they're like weirder colors, like this little red and white set and this black and red set. Those are pretty cool. Um, I have this really neat one that uh, is, it's a big, clear, it's a big, clear six sided die um that has the number has the the little numbers on it but then it also is a box and so it has a smaller six-sided die inside so you're rolling a single die but you actually like physically you're holding one die but with an extra die inside you're rolling two dice at once that's that's <laughs> just i think just really almost clever. in this in the territory of stupid <laughs> i have a set i have a set called <laughs> poker dice i have no idea where i got them it's Ooh. four it's uh four six-sided die that each have king, queen, jack, ace, nine, and ten on them. And you just roll for oh, who can cool. get the best four card poker poker hand. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's another that's super fun. One. Um yeah, I've got these I've got these little directional dice here with the arrows and the hits and stuff on them for like those tabletop games. Um there were I had some more of those for a while. They're they're all kinds There's of There's another funny dice aspect like of this, which is that the dice though. are choking hazards. <laughs> horrible choking hazard yeah yeah he's kill people all the time right word anyway that feels like a good place to get out of here <laughs> check out that kickstarter project respect the dice yeah thanks for hanging out for another Zengineering podcast and thanks as always to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck if you want to jump in over there a buck a month or a buck once I, whatever the links in the description along with any other links that we cobble together while we're editing thanks for hanging out I'm Adam Um, Brian, take it easy. Keep it random. Keep it, keep it rolling. Roll on. Roll on. (laughs) Rolling, rolling, rolling.